What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so um, pretty. I think this podcast is going to be one of our shorter ones. Um, there's not a lot to talk about this week. It's been a quiet week, but um, I'm going to first start with baseball. So one of the bigger things that's been going on um, in spring training is when Shohei Otani is going to return. Um, obviously, he's not going to return during spring training, but for anyone that knows... Um, he won Rookie of the Year in 2018, um, but he had a UCL injury and then um, Tommy John surgery, so he's been out since during the 2018 season, and everyone's waiting for his return because he's just such a talented player, and one of those, he's one of the most versatile players to ever be in baseball in a lot of people's opinions, or could be one of the most versatile players to ever be in baseball. Um and I think what they're saying right now is mid-April. And a lot of people are talking about uh, the Angels GM for being, like, very patient with Shohei Otani. And it's kind of respectful for all things because the Angels are supposed to, could have a really good season this year, especially if Shohei Otani can play well. But this is uh, the GM's last season for the Angels. And if he gets an extension, he's basically all riding on um, them making the playoffs or not. Um... Next in baseball, Luis Severino's out for the season. We had, we were talking about last week, um, he's basically got shut down for spring training. And then I think either a day or a couple days later, he was announced that he's out for the season. Um, obviously, another, I mean, we talked about how big of a blow it is for the Yankees um, losing another pitcher, which... It's just this, the thing that they focus so much on during this offseason is signing Garrett Cole specifically, and now it's another big hole for them. I don't know. Nick, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, it's just, it's you know, it's really frustrating, obviously, as a Yankees fan to see players go down. And it, it, I, you know what? It seems like it's going to be a repeat of last year where we said, you know, better off the injuries in the preseason rather than late in the season. But at the end of the day, like it, it affected the Yankees throughout the entire season. But you know, at the same time, the Yankees did finish with 103 wins. That's true. So it, it's tough to put where the Yankees are going to go. I, you know, I want to say, looking at the best possible scenario, right? Severino most likely done for the season. Um, Paxton will come back at some point. Mm-hmm. I think, like, May or um, Yeah. So, I hope the Yankees can do what the Yankees do and pull a trade together. Um, you know, bundle some prospects, see what they can put together. You know, don't try to give any core pieces away from the team and see if you can pick up a nice guy for the end of the rotation. Yeah. I don't think they're in any way in trouble. Uh, I think it's just more, like, of an annoyance that they focus so much on it this offseason now are kind of somewhat back to square one, even though they're better than they were last season, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. It's just, you know, the Yankees, the way they set, they set their team up right now is that they're, they're all in to win the, the, the World Series this year. So, you know, making a trade to fill out their roster, you know, it may not be necessary per se, mm-hmm. but it's something you would want to do in order to keep that mindset, like, that we are a definitely absolutely contending team, and we want to go for the World Series at, at all costs, and we spend, you know... 300 over, I can't even remember the exact amount for Cole's uh, salary, but, you know, $300 million on Cole. Um, we let Batanzas walk, re- re-signing a bunch of players. Um, 
So the Yankees are just all in. It just it sucks to see the injuries bite them, but at the same time, as you said, they're not in a horrible spot. Yeah. But I would like to see them at least, you know, even if they can't get a trade, th- get a trade through, you know, at least if it pops up in the news the Yankees attempted to trade, I would be happy with that, mm. just to see if they could pick up anybody to fill out that last rotational spot. Yeah. Definitely true. I, I don't know who. I'm sure there's a lot of people on the market. It'd be interesting to see if they actually go about that. Um, next, uh, so this is kind of small, but if you want to take it as a big thing, so. Uh, Major League Baseball, a while ago, took marijuana off the banned substance list, which they should. Um, and they kind of said this week that even though it's a banned substance, if they're found in a state where it's, like, illegal, they'll be put on this... They'll be tested for a program run through baseball or something like that to kind of, like, help them through their addiction. It's not that big of news. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but kind of just, like... I don't know. There's really nothing to talk about that, but I figured why not add that in. Um, next up, basketball, NBA. So, once again, um, not much to talk about there. I'll let Nick do his Rockets thing, but first I want to talk about the playoff picture as it's getting down to the the wire. I mean, the Bucks have already clinched a playoff, playoff spot, so it's definitely getting around that time. So, looking at the standings, really in the East, the 7th and 8th seeds are the team, are the, where it could change. Right now, it's the Magic in the 7th seed and the Nets in the 8th seeds. Um, they're divided by 0.5 uh, games. So, obviously, the Nets um, are in the 8th seed, like I said. But then, going from there, Wizards in 9th, uh, Hornets in 10th, and the Bulls in 11th, if you want to go that far down. But that whole area is really, I guess, the playoff race right now. In my opinion, I think the... I feel like it might stay that way with the 7th and 8th seed maybe switching around. I don't really have a lot of trust in the wizard in the Wizards. The Hornets do have some talent. But I think the Nets and Magic, even though the Nets lost Kyrie Irving, I think they definitely have um, enough to keep that 8th spot over the other teams. There's just no one there who I really could see getting in. Um, yeah, I 100% uh, agree before you move on. I, was just, yeah. I 100% agree with you there. I think the East, you know, more or less is going to stay set to where it yeah. is. Um, the Cavaliers are, are not good, frankly. Knicks are not good. The Hawks, I think they will get better over the last part of the season. But they're already 19-43. and 43. And down the stretch, that will be pretty tough to climb to, you know, meet the Nets at like 26-33. 20, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's a nine games back yeah and there's not there's not that many games left in the season so it, again it's just gonna be it's gonna be a tough stretch for them to do it they'd have to go on an absolute tear and I, you know I do see the Hawks getting better with Capella and Trey young you know Trey young doing pretty well um but Definitely. again it's just I don't think they have the talent to really rise there uh the Pistons are the Pistons you know, Derek Rose has been pretty good for them and Blake Griffin's I think done, is Blake Griffin done for the season I, I have no idea he, either way, he's, I've he's not heard about him. So he, is, he has not been the same because he's not been in media lately. You know, if there's any indication, it's right there. Um, the Bulls, you know, they're very discombobulated. I think they need a better coach. Zach Levine's a budding star. I think he's going to leave the Bulls because, uh, you know, he's getting into his prime now and he doesn't want to waste it with a terrible team like the Bulls with bad coaching. Sure. And so the Hornets are decent. The Wizards are not great. Bradley, Bradley Beal's been carrying the team, but. Yeah. They keep losing games, even though he's putting up fifty-point games. So, uh, you know, just going off what you said, the 
the east is pretty locked in right now. Yeah. Um. So for the west, really the only thing that's up for question, with regardless of like little movements from three to four or whatever you want to say, the eighth seed is really where it is. Um, it's kind of between the Grizzlies, Pelicans. Kings and Spurs, uh, eh, the Trailblazers too. This goes this goes pretty far back, but in my opinion, um, maybe the Kings can sneak in there. I think they have a lot of talent. Um, they started out the season really well, and obviously they've been struggling. Uh, I think that really the either the Kings or the Trailblazers, in my opinion, can really get into that A seed. I'm still confident in the Grizzlies with John Moran. He's been playing so well this season. Um, I think the eighth seed is really between the Grizzlies, Kings, and Trailblazers, in my opinion. I'm, I might, I, I might say the Trailblazers are going to get the eighth seed, even though the Grizzlies have been playing really well. Um, I agree with you to some extent. Number one, the West. I think it's a lot more competitive of a conference right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, lo- looking at the entire West Conference. Uh, you know, the 13, 14, 15 are pretty much the only teams. You know, the Suns are still not even doing that bad, but um, the Suns are, those are the only three teams that are really not competitive right now. Yeah. Um, Suns, Timberwolves, Warriors. Um, and even if you look at those rosters, right? Like the Warriors, once they get Steph Curry back, they're going to be really good. The Timberwolves got D'Lo and Cat, so they should, you know, turn out pretty well. The Suns still got Devin Booker, so they could compete there. Trailblazers, you know, I can go on and on. Every team has a certain level of talent in the West, and I think it's a step above the East. Yeah, and definitely. it makes it, it makes it's gonna make the playoff run a little bit more contested. Um, so some predictions down the stretch. I, you know, it, I hate to say it, but I, I'm confused on where the Mavericks are right now because mm. look at you know the Mavericks were really hot at the beginning of the season; they were winning games. Luka Doncic is an MVP level season, yeah. and they fall into the seven seed. The question is: Is are they tanking at some point? Because they know, you know, the Mavericks are not really in a position to win a championship right mm-hmm. now, and I think they're aware of that. So they may be, they may be, uh, fly, I can't, they're tanking. I was thinking yeah. flopping. I don't know why. Uh, they may be tanking. So it's hard to tell with the Mavericks. If I had to make a prediction, I think the Mavericks will fall out of playoff contention. I think the Pelicans will move into playoff really? contention. I feel um, like I think that's Zion. I think that's you know, Pelicans are one, one of the worst teams in, in the West, and they moved up to the nine seed. Yeah. Uh, Zion Williamson has be, been the best rookie in the NBA this season, yeah, uh, better right. than John Morant. Although his sample size is a little bit smaller because of yeah. his injury, so you know who's to say who's going to win Rookie of the Year there? I don't know. But Zion has been amazing. I think Brandon Ingram has flourished really well in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Uh, Josh Hart's been playing well for New Orleans, and, and so has uh, Lonzo Ball. So I think that team has a lot of young talent. I totally forgot about a lot Zion of guys. That, yeah, there's a lot of guys that just want to win basketball games there. And I think behind a powerhouse like Zion Williamson, you know, he's been a powerhouse in the NBA so far. I think that team could slip, will slip into the playoffs, and I think they're going to be a playoff team for years to come. Yeah. Now that I'm remembering who the Pelicans are, I don't know why I forgot Zion's on the Pelicans. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the Mavericks are going to slip out of play. I mean, they're seven. Seven and a half games in front of the Grizzlies. That's yeah, a, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of basketball left. I just think if they actually are, you know, they've fallen as of late. But if they're actually going down the route where they're, they're, you know, they don't want to be a really high seed in the playoffs so they can get a better pick, hmm. or if they want to fall out of playoff contention entirely, it, you know, we really don't know. Or they could just be going in a drought. We, you know, again, we really don't know. But I think if they are, you know, that'll be my take. If they are 
tanking somewhat to get a better pick so they can build more of a championship ready team. You know, they're they're I think they're my team to fall out of the playoff contention. Mm-hmm. I think one team that's been extremely surprising this this season is the Thunder. Mm-hmm, definitely. The fact the fact that they're the, the sixth seed in the West is incredible. Behind Chris Paul, who's a, a old he's so yeah. so old of a point guard yet he still has all the is Chris Paul, I love him to death. You know, he's on the Rockets last year. I wish we wouldn't have traded him, although I, I have been loving Russell Westbrook. Um, and he, you know, he, he can really, he's such a leader. He has such a bag of, he, he, his bag of tricks is almost endless. Um, Shy Glizzy Alexander, you know, he, he, he's been doing, he's been doing pretty good for the Thunder. Steven Adams has been solid for them. So, you know, Dennis Schroeder, I, they have a decent amount of talent on that team. It's just, no one really expected them to, you know, there's a decent amount of talent, but none of it's superstar talent. So no one really expected them to win, but it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, talent isn't everything. It's how you play as a team. Yeah. If you buy into systems, I think that's really what the Thunder are. And I think I think they're really it's pretty awesome that they're they're doing so well. They kind of remind me of um, the Hawks of like was it like two three years ago where they were like mm-hmm. yeah just playing team basketball and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is kind of my favorite type of basketball. Um, you want to talk about the Rockets for a little? Uh, sure. So just uh, a little update on the Rockets themselves, which they're pretty much the talk of the NBA. I think at this point right yeah. now. You know, along with the Bucks and, and the contenders, but I think they're the only team that's maybe not in direct contention, um, and they're they're very heavily talked about in the media, and that is because, as we know, uh, the Rockets, before the trade deadline, decided to go small ball, traded away their center, Capella, and they've been stuck with P.J. T- Tucker, 6'5", at center. So, you know, extre- extreme small ball, and it's actually worked out very well for the Rockets. Uh, you know, Looking back at the trade and why the Rockets did it, uh, they looked at their numbers and they said, you know what, we're more efficient without Capella, Capella on the floor. We're better when we have a smaller lineup out there. We win more games. Our PER is better, a lot, is significantly better on offense and only decreases on defense a little bit. So let's go get a guy who can who can pick up that defense and somebody like Rocco, uh, Robert Covington, and let's go out there and let's play that small ball and let's really take advantage of that of our efficiency on the offensive side. And the Rockets since then have gone 10-2. and two. Uh, They're on a six-game winning streak right now. Uh, they're six and a half games behind first place. They were five, six. They're looking like, you know, pre-trade deadline. They were looking like they they, they were going to make the playoffs, but they were probably going to finish at like a six or a five seed. And right now, it's kind of hard to tell where the Rockets are going to end up. Uh, when you look at two, three, four, you got Clippers who are 41 and 19, Nuggets who are 40 and 19, and then the Rockets 39 and 20. The Rockets could end up as a two seed if they continue to be as hot as they are, and this, this small ball works out as well as it does. So, I mean, as a Rockets fan, I'm pretty excited to see it. And I think it's really interesting that the Rockets are doing so well playing small ball. And on top of that, uh, I don't know if you guys are going to be there, but I'm going to the game tomorrow night, uh, Monday night, uh, uh, March 2nd at 7 o'clock. The Knicks are playing the Rockets, and I'm going to go see them. Can't wait to see all the Knicks fans cry after James Harden step back threes in R.J. Barrett's face and wins the game. But <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so <laughs> that's my little Rockets rundown. Um, I don't even. I haven't really been paying attention to the Knicks. I can't even get a Knicks rundown. But I mean, well, I could say Smith. I've been watching a little bit of the Knicks myself because you know, at the same time, I am I'm slightly a Knicks fan because I grew up in New York and yeah, I never okay. really liked the Nets. <laughs> um, Dennis Smith Jr. has been terrible for the Knicks. Kevin Knox has been terrible. Julius Randle ball hogs and takes up terrible shots. I, the Knicks roster has absolutely collapsed upon itself. Again, what I thought their vision was at, at the beginning of the season was, okay, we didn't get any of the superstars. Let's work on building our culture, sign veterans, try to work the rookies. But they did the exact opposite. They played all the veterans, all the minutes. Uh, none of the rookies have progressed significantly, except maybe R.J. Barrett. Is, 
had a steady increase, but it's nothing really significant where he's a standout star. He's been yeah. good for them, but he's definitely going to have to take some leaps forward to really live up to that, that third that third overall pick that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, Desmond Jr. has not turned out well for the Knicks. Kevin Knox has not turned out well. Uh, it's kind of depressing to see that the fact that they're running all these veterans, they really need to figure it out. In my opinion, which I think most Knicks fans' opinions, is get rid of the veterans, let the rookies play. If we suck, we suck. At least we're giving the rookies time to, you know, more minutes to develop and as well as better playing time. Um, and I totally agree with that. You know, I, I honestly, with, with the issue of Kevin Knox, I think they should give him more time. He's only 20, um, and he's got a lot of potential. He's a really long, small forward. Really, he's a really versatile player. And if you give him time to develop, and I also think, you know, you need the right coach in place there. Yeah. I think he could turn out to be a good player. So I wouldn't give up on him just yet. Uh, but, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., I'm not sure about. Um, what do you have to say, Brian? Yeah, um, I'm kind of done with Dennis Smith Jr., but it just seems so simple <laughs> for the Knicks. Just, like, play all the young players. I I understand having veterans on the team, but not having veterans that are going to take a minutes from other players. Like, they traded away Marcus Morris, which is good, but Marcus Morris was the type of player and turned into the type of player that he's, like, a very good player that needs to be able to play. Um, and the same with Taj Gibson, really. Really, all the veterans on that this, the team are veterans that aren't really there to teach the players. They're, they're definitely teaching the players, I don't want to say that, but, like, are there to more play. And they need veterans to be there on the bench with the players to be able to, like, just mold them into the future all-stars that everyone hopes they're going to be. Um, and they're just, they're just not doing that. They're not playing the players they should be playing. And it just seems so simple, and we must be missing something, but I really don't think we are. Um, it's just really annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess, do you want to go into football? Uh, sure. So, a little XFL update for the week. Um, XFL, same as last week for the most part. It's been pretty stagnant. Um, their viewership has kind of dropped off a little bit by a little bit, but it's still pretty decent. And again, as I said, they have all the right infrastructure in place, so it really shouldn't affect them too much down the line. Um, but it should stick around for at least one season. We'll have to see how it goes. But, you know, the XFL as a whole is doing pretty well. Uh, so scores for the week, uh, New York Guardians wind up beating the Wildcats 17-14, to the LA Wildcats. Um, next game, we had the Seattle Dragons versus St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, Battlehawks wind up winning 23-16. to uh, Next game, we have the Houston Roughnecks and the Dallas Renegades. Roughnecks, you remember, has uh, Cardell Jones has been pretty good for them. Or not Cardell Jones. Um, P.J. Walker has been really good. Uh, Dallas Renegades, 20. And the last game, which was today, I believe, yes, it was, uh, D.C. Defenders wound up losing 0-25 to to the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, so, you know, the leagues are pretty interesting so far. I think it's been a pretty good season. Um, you know, in terms of the standings, as of right now, uh, you got to look at it. So the XFL is divided into the East and the West. Right now, top of the East is the Battle Hawks at 3-1. and one. DC defenders are two one, are two and one. Um, the Guardians are two and two. Tampa Bay Vipers are zero and three. Um, which I guess this is last week's standings. This doesn't include this week, so this is obviously Tampa Bay Vipers won today, so this is their uh, their first win. Uh, Roughnecks are three zero. Dallas Renegades are two and one. LA Wildcats are one and three, and Seattle Dragons are one and three. So those are your XFL standings. Uh, more importantly, it's moving on to the NFL. Uh, I guess first thing I'll go through is the Brady update. Mm-hmm. Uh, so news reports have came out that he is done with New England. 
Personally, I don't buy it. I think it's all smokescreen. I think Brady's trying to enter the NFL free agency just to see, just honestly, with the type of, I want to say the type of player he is, but the type of weight that he carries with him, he has a lot of freedom to do whatever he wants. I think he's just testing the waters with the Patriots to see what kind of money, number one, the kind of money they offer him, but also to really taste, test like the how much the coach wants him back and how much the team really wants him back. I think he's going to go back to the Patriots, most likely on a two- or three-year deal. However, uh, you know, on top of that rumor that he is ready to go, uh, he was caught at one of the basketball games. I forget which one it was. Uh, long story short, he was sitting with Julian Edelman, and Julian Edelman screams at the camera. He's coming back. Uh, and I think the NBA, not wanting to get in, in between the NFL and the media, they actually wound up cutting the sound to, to them, right? Well, then you could see Tom Brady mouth off. He's not. He's not, which means, you know, bring to himself that Tom Brady is not coming back to New England. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to tell what he is. But again, my intuition is saying that Tom Brady is coming back. What do you have to say, Brian? The only reason I see him wanting to leave is for, like, legacy sake to, like, break off from Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's just even if he goes off and wins with another team, I feel like it's just going to hurt his legacy. Because if you stay with uh, one team for your whole career and basically change the franchise with getting six championships or however many he has at this point. I mean, anything else is just going to hurt his... I just don't understand why he would want to leave. And I still think he's probably... He's going to stay, but it's just a very strange situation. I understand. Um, So moving off of that, uh, last NFL news for the week. Uh, So Combine, it's underway. I I don't know who we have left exactly. I'm not sure if there's anybody left, to be honest. Uh, Just a couple standouts that I personally saw. I'm not going to name everybody because, you know, there's a ton of standouts. So a couple players that stood out to me was Jalen Hurts. Um, He showed that he was very athletic, ran a 4.59 40-yard dash, had a pretty good throwing session, uh, the footwork. Um, I expect him to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, Beyond that, um, I think was a really interesting tandem is going to be uh, Henry Ruggs III coming out of Alabama, wide receiver. Uh, he was the fastest wide receiver in the class, ran a 4.27 40, uh, 40-yard dash time. Uh, he's a little bit on the shorter side. Um, in my opinion, when you look at like a pro comparison in terms of Henry Ruggs, I see him as like a tight end. Although, also looking at Alabama, you also have Jerry Judy there, who's a little bit slower, but he's also a phenomenal route runner. Um, you know, he, And he's got the hey. It seems like you know Jerry Judy, I think, is going to be the number one receiver out of this class. And then a close number two, Henry Ruggs. So they're both coming from Alabama. I think it's kind of interesting how they they have totally totally two different styles. Uh, Henry Ruggs is total burner, uh, great hands. Uh, Jerry Judy, great rounding, so crisp, uh, can really go up and get the ball. You know, I think they're two phenomenal receivers, and I think it's interesting how they're both coming from Alabama. Um, so that's them. And then finally, I would say my last standout is going to be the offensive tackle for Louisville. Um, I'm sorry, Mecky Becton. Um, wasn't haven't really heard of him until the uh, combine. In all honesty, uh, but he ran a five-one forty-yard dash at offensive tackle, which is pretty good. It's a pretty solid speed for offensive tackle. But then you add on, he was the heaviest player at the combine, sitting at three hundred sixty-four pounds, and he's also six-seven. Uh, he has he's an incredible uh, athletic ability. And, you know, because of this, because he caught attention and he had some really good, you know, attributes at the combine, I went back and looked at his tape. And he's a rutless locker. He's very disciplined in his pass blocking. 
I think he could be a really big uh, seal coming out of this draft. You know, most people were th- looking at Tristan Worse, and the, I can never remember the name, the tackle from Alabama's name. I apologize for that. Um, but, you know, th- those are the two tackles coming out of this draft that were really promising, and I think Becton really came out of nowhere, and he, he, I think he could be a really big talent in the NFL. He also be a really big bust if some team drafts him too high because I, I really can't tell what his ceiling is as of right now. Hmm. But he's pretty interesting. Um, if you want to know further about the Combine, I'm planning to do a little bit more of an in-depth uh, video on it coming up soon, break down a little bit of mock drafts, what players is that I like, what what, uh, what I think teams need. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to see where that goes. Keep, stay tuned for that. Uh, so that's the Combine breakdown. Do you have any comments, Brian? Uh, no. Also, also before, I, before I end it, I also wanted to one more standout that I almost forgot is going to be uh, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, linebacker out of Clemson. I thought he was really interesting. So, looking at his time at Clemson, he played a lot of outside linebacker. He could also he was also great at rushing the passer and playing inside. Uh, he, he's played. I want to say he's played nickel corner for them too, which is incredible. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's dropped back to safety at some point. Um, I'm not sure I, everything that he's played, but he's again very versatile player. Uh, he's, he's standing at about six three and a half, uh, 238 pounds, and he ran a four three nine. A second forty, which is incredibly fast. I mean, that's that's running back speed. That's wide receiver speed. Um, so incredibly fast. He, he can match up with anybody in the league. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got the speed. You know, I think he could be such a home run for whatever team drops him, uh, drafts him. And with the, the, the Giants at four, I'm really hoping the Giants pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the number one guy that I want the Giants to draft. Uh, he, he's just and and Joe Judge said when he came into to control the Giants, he said, I want versatile players. I want players that are going to go out there and do what I need during that week and be able to change shift in my scheme whenever I need them to. And Isaiah, Isaiah, Simmons, uh, Isaiah Simmons really fits that bill. So I'm hoping the Giants go ahead and pick him up. Uh, so that's all I have to say about the Combine. Brian, do you have any comments? Uh, not really. I did not watch the Combine. Okay. Um, so going off of that, I think we're going into college stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so again, college football, uh, it, it's kind of overlapping with the combine at this point and the drafts. There's, mm. there's not much going on there. Uh, so moving on to college basketball, a lot of big upsets this week. Uh, Duke got upset by Virginia twice. The the Villanova Wildcats got upset by Providence. Um, Sorry. It's just it's been a phenomenal college basketball season. Uh, thanks. Because I I did I forgot we were even playing because I was so invested into my EMT class and I, I checked my phone and we lost and that was just oh. it was heartbreaking. But it's been such an interesting college basketball season. It's one that we haven't seen in our generation. You know, this hasn't. I remember the last time they said it was a season like this was in the 1970s. So this has been an incredible season where there's no team that's really standing out as a number one. So even though the you know Villanova's 22 and seven and Duke's uh, 23 and six or whatever it is, which you know, normal years, those are good teams, but not great teams. Those are teams that'll be five, you know, three to six seeds, depending on how everything works out um, in, in the, the tournament. And teams like that this year could be a two seed, uh, even a one seed if they really went out, which is really interesting. Um, so, again, a lot of upsets. It's been a really good game, a uh, really good season of college basketball. I'm excited to see, you know, now we're into March. I'm excited to see where the March Madness seedings come out. Yeah. Um, should be pretty interesting, and then we're going to have all the conference uh, championships coming up in the tournaments. So that should be pretty good. Uh, game of the week for me was TCU versus Baylor. 
Baylor, in my opinion, has been the best team in college basketball this season, and they got upset by a 16 and well, I guess they were 15 and 13 at the time. 15 and 13 TCU team, uh, incredible win for TCU. Congratulations to them. Uh, Baylor, you know, when you win as much as Baylor does, you get surprised to see to get to see them win, especially in that fashion. Uh, see them lose, especially in that fashion. So it was pretty incredible to watch. Uh, again, like more upsets just going through a couple games. You had St. John's upset Creighton, who's been red hot lately. You know, they they haven't missed from behind the three point line. They've been on such a tearing machine. You know, they, they really took control of the Big East. And they lost by 20 to St. John's, which is, in my opinion, the worst team next to DePaul, maybe, in the Big East. Um, again, Duke lost. It's just, it, it's been such a flippy floppy, uh, flippy floppy week. Uh, and as well as the entire basketball season, Mich- Ohio State upset Michigan. Uh, just you know, there's no consistency in college basketball, so it's, just, it's been incredible. Um, so that wraps up college stuff. Hmm. Uh, controversial topics really wasn't really wasn't much this week. This week has been probably one of the most boring weeks in since we started this podcast. Yeah, not much going on. Um, I mean, I guess we don't need one for this week. Hmm. I'm sorry to all the listeners that really want a controversial topic. We don't have one. Um, any. There's really nothing else to discuss. Um, Nick, any final thoughts? Um, I'm back home for the week on spring break. Gonna try and relax. I've haven't. I've been sleeping like two to three hours a night, so my body's just giving out on me. I've had this chronic sinus infection for I don't know how long. I'm hoping sleep will cure it. If not, I'll have to go to the doctor, which kind of sucks. Like, if you guys don't know, like chronic sinus infection, sometimes they take they can be taken care of by medication, which I think mine will. But if not, they have to resort to surgery and basically they take balloons, they stuff them up your nose and they expand them, which is pretty. It's it's not that all that invasive, but it's pretty painful, and I don't want that to happen. So, Jesus. fingers crossed that sleep cures it. Wow. Um, in the MC classes week was pretty interesting. Uh, um, we did trauma this week, so I got to see like a lot of leg amputations and people dying, uh, you know, car crashes, pretty gruesome stuff. But I, you know, you you do it enough, and you kind of just grow numb to it. It's like yeah, that's normal. So. Mm. I'm not going to get too gruesome on you guys um, if you guys have any comments questions, concerns, feel free to hit me up at my Instagram at nick.horbath you can contact me on my Twitter at nickhorbath61 or you can contact me at my email at nicholashorbath10 at yahoo.com um, hope you guys keep listening You know, stay tuned for that mock draft I'm not sure when we're going to post it or when I finish it I'm hoping to finish it before the end of this week um, I have not started it yet just to be clear, but I'm hoping to finish it by the end of the week when I do get started on it um, hope you guys come out to the Knicks Rockets game because I'll be there. So if you have listeners that are gonna, in the area or are going to the game, uh, feel, free to, feel free to stop by and say hi. I'll be in section 101, row 18. Um, so go ahead and stop by and say hi. If you What's see me there. Uh, other than that, what do you say, Ryan? They need the exact seat where you're going to be sitting. I, I think it's like 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. <laughs> yeah, so go um, visit those seats tomorrow. Um, yeah, go see those seats. Other than that, I'm going to head over to Brian. Have a good week, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty boring week. Uh, I'm not off next week like Nick is, which is kind of disappointing. Um, posted a Steph Curry video. I think it's one of our better videos. I wish it was doing better right now. If you guys want to go watch it, please do. Um, but other than that, not much more. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Let us know what you thought of this. Comments. Well, can't really comment on this, but DM us if you want. Check out our videos on YouTube. Uh, check out everything we post. 
Um, if you have any interest in writing for us, editing videos, anything of the sort, contact us at thesportuniverse2019.gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening. Bye.